Happy Friday. It's time for another episode of Weird in High School, the show that invites creatives to share why they create, because at the end of the day, we were all weird in high school. I'm your host, Bretton Lee John, the Calgary-based Leonard Cohen impersonator, bringing you conversations with some of the best artists from Calgary and the rest of the country and abroad and from space. This week on the show, I am very fortunate to be joined by Colton from I Am The Mountain. I Am The Mountain is one of the most compelling live acts you can find in Western Canada today. They are a fantastic group of very educated musicians. They went to like turbo music school, like whatever the best music school you can imagine is, they went to a better one. They got Keith on the trumpet. He's crazy in like the best way. Keith played trumpet on my song, The Wanting. Oh wait, is that a segue? Anyway, segues, my music, please listen to it. Today we are sponsored by Smoking Ghost Recordings. We're sponsored by Smoking Ghost Recordings every single day because I run Smoking Ghost Recordings and I, uh, yeah, do all the things for the show. So anyway, if you like this show, please, 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 super please, and thank you, recommend it to your friends. I want as many people to hear this as possible. I'm trying to get these conversations out and trying to connect with people and hopefully make a little bit of like social happiness in this time of limited connection and and the internet. Um, Also, as a reminder, please support your local businesses, support your venues, order tacos from Mikey's, order tacos from wherever makes tacos and has music in your city. Um, Also, make sure you check on your friends. Stream your favorite artists, buy their stuff on Bandcamp, spread love, be merry, and without further ado, please enjoy this fantastic chat with Colton. I want to start off by thanking you because your 28-28-28 got me out of a total slump. I just... I was like, wow, that's a lot of songs to do, and you just did it, and it's uh, rad, and I love it, and then I started writing stuff again. Oh, that is so cool to hear, Breton. Wow. Uh, that album is is totally just that. It's like a, a dump of information. It's like, oh, just get all of this off my mind and off my back that's been like weighing me down for so many years, so... Yeah, if that if that inspired you to like start writing again, that is that's exactly what it's there for. So that's that's cool to hear. I also I love that it's just stripped down, that it's bare. Um, like yeah. it it totally it works. I mean, it might not be the like flashy thing that appeals to Spotify algorithms, but oh, a twenty eight song solo acoustic album? Yeah, no, not not really. <laughs> That, but yeah, it wasn't. I didn't even put it on Spotify, right? That wasn't the that wasn't the point of it. It was like this. It was for me to put out some songs for my bandmates to listen to, for my friends, to some like close fans, you know, to just hear all the songs that we didn't work on, basically, and some that we're gonna be working on a bit more, and and just get feedback. and And I got I've got such great feedback from like a whole bunch of different people on what songs they really were into which lyrical like what songs stood out to them lyrically um you know all 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 types of comments from all ranges and it was so beneficial and so i'm taking all these and then uh hopefully uh reworking them with the band and and turning it into like an actual full um, band album yeah I'll, i'll grease your chain here a little bit i look up to you as a song i've listened to a ton 
Oh man, yeah, that's that's a that's a that's another one that like just pulls at the heart a little bit. <laughs> oh, and it's, it's just uh, it it's got yeah. this dramatic flow to it. It's it's got an impassioned delivery. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's kind of uh, the melody is definitely a little different. It's like free flowing and it's yeah it's well it's one that's always like the melody has always reoccurred it's always come up again and i've like thought of it and i'm like oh i gotta play that song again like i'll rush to the guitar like look up the chords because i haven't played it in a year and and play it again and i'm like oh yeah one day one day i'll record that so yeah again like it was just so amazing and such a nice feeling for myself too to just record them and and be like oh i didn't i didn't just like waste them in a notebook like they they did something you know like Breton listened to all of them like that's amazing <laughs> you know and and a couple people did too which is just crazy because it's, it's a long long album but yeah it was fun to put out and it's just fun to release new music too it's it's kind of hard too right so to put out something is just like oh cool we're moving forward I kind of think too that that format I've been thinking a lot about how basically it's impossible to monetize music now. So the, and we still, a lot of us pay for these studio recordings and better recordings. Like I, I certainly do cause I care, but there's no way to make it back. So it's just, it's not sustainable. And so I really love taking advantage of the internet in that way and taking mm-hmm. advantage of technology. Like, just home recording some stripped down stuff and putting it on Bandcamp and not worrying about it. Yep. Oh, it, you're so right about that. And it, it kind of like, as long as you, cause the one thing about the studio that I've found is like when I'm going into a studio, which we've done uh, a few times, actually only really once, uh, the rest have been home recording just this latest we've gone in. But when I go in, I'm like, okay, we have to be like on schedule. We have to know exactly what we're doing. It has to be like, you know, you try and be super organized and planned. And so if you can do that at the home studio and still like stay with that mentality, I think you can, you can get a great product for sure. It's just when you're just like, oh yeah, we'll get to mixing it in like a few weeks and then like months go by and like that can really kind of take a lot out of the process. So uh, and especially when you're working with other people, especially in a pandemic, it's like nearly impossible. So um, you just got to accept that it takes a long time or or really have that energy. You're right. You can't you can do it at home. And we did both of our EPs at home, like in our basements with just the gear we've collected over the years at like attic day sales and whatnot. But um, there does come a point where you're like, oh, this would be so nice if someone else was doing this work. And, uh, if, if you can like afford it, right. That's the, that's the whole thing. Even just to have someone else hit the button. Like, oh man, that's so nice. Isn't it? <laughs> like I'm so bad at like, I'll, I'll, I set up my, I do like a three mic setup on the acoustic. So then I kind of like set it up and spin the chair around yeah. to the keyboard and hit record, then try to spin around back to the right position. Like, Oh my gosh. And I mean, I haven't put out anything that I've actually recorded, um, but just yeah. even for the sake of demos and stuff, it is. Well, and that's tough. that's what home recordings are perfect for, right? Like doing some demos, like that that twenty eight album. That is not like a a professional album. That's a demo album of like songs I recorded in my bedroom, right? So, um, if you're like doing it for demos, definitely home is like a great way to practice songs and then send them to your future 
uh, producer or recording studio or whoever. But um, yeah, even like this, that we have a song coming out. I don't know when, maybe maybe next year sometime. Uh, it's called Basement Dweller, and it was on twenty eight twenty eight twenty eight, and it's one of our band's favorite songs. And so, yeah, I just really I want to record it in the basement because that just makes sense, right? <laughs> so. I don't think we're going to do that one in studio, and we're going to try and see if we can do the process all on our own. Right. I, I really like the kind of context and vibe that I totally see recording as a function of capturing a moment in the way that it needs to be captured. Like, yeah, there's this Karen Dalton record that was a tape recorder on the table because she was hard to record. And, uh, I mean, it sounds like a tape recorder on the table, but I still listen to it. Like yeah. for for her, that makes sense. I'm not sure I would want to hear. I don't know. I'm not sure I'd want to hear John Mayer's home recorded uh, right. record it's, as much as yeah. as that. Yeah, you're right. There's different there's different qualities to different people's music for sure, and um, you can if you you can hone that in really well too, right? If you if you know what you're doing, you can hone that in in your basement in a in a church or wherever you're trying to record and you can do it yourself. Um, something that I've found really valuable in my musician, uh, not career I'd say, but like time as being a musician is like working with other people is like the most valuable because they have, they have information that you can even dream of cause you've gone a different route. Like you've, you've dedicated your time to playing guitar and writing songs. Uh, like I have, right? So I don't know, you know, the intricacies of, of logic or Pro Tools or, or these, you know, and I can learn them. Those are just skills I don't have yet. So working with other people that know that and know, like, things about different frequencies and where to put the amps in the room and, and you know, just the knowledge like that. Uh, and, and someone who we recently have been working with who has that wealth of knowledge is Patrick Pilardi. Uh, and, and he, he kind of has a, like his own home studio, but, but he has that knowledge behind it. Right. And he has lots of amazing gear and, and whatever else. So, so even just having that knowledge is just, that takes it to a whole other level and, and not just, uh, production wise, like also working with musicians too. So the people uh, that I work with and in our band are like, they're incredibly knowledgeable and, and, uh, you know, that that adds so much to the music, but also to the recordings and just to like our, our live show when we used to do those. And, uh, that's, that kind of stuff is invaluable when working with other people. That's what, that's something I've definitely learned. You have such an awesome collection of musicians. That's one of the, Oh man. Well, that that's, Partially why I know you, I saw you at Mardi Gras back when I was a little baby musician and I didn't know anyone. Oh yeah, I uh, remember you You were like, yo, take my CD. I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that was so sheepish too. I was like, I don't know, do you like want this? And I think you were with like Kate Stevens and I didn't know her and there's just all of a sudden all these people around and I just like ran away. I was like, okay, here. Um <laughs> But no, awesome. you guys reminded me of Blacksmith, which was oh, Dan Mangan's band. And it's funny, actually, yeah. I was limbering up by listening to Denigrate today and uh, Spotify oh, autoplayed Dan Mangan right after. So, oh, so the so algorithm cool. hears what I hear, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's maybe because 
I also listen to Dan Mangan like nonstop too. He's he's so great. Oh, his newest album he just put out is like it's phenomenal. I think it's one of his best for sure. The uh, covers album or the uh, I forget what more or less. Uh oh, is it is it the cover album? <laughs> There's a covers album that he like just put out, but more or less is his last Dan album. You know, I, I was just listening to the cover album, probably not even realizing it was covers. I was just like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> yeah, I think he's but got yeah, some, like, all his music, man. All like I used to cover so many of his songs and like even my vocal tone and quality. I'm like, oh, chat trying to channel like Dan Mangan a bit, you know, so. So thanks for recognizing that. And then, yeah, like the musicians behind, behind me, right, supporting my my lyrics. Like, wow, I'm so fortunate to have. A band not not like Blacksmith at all, but uh, they're 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 amazing in their own way, and I, I could not ask for better musicians or a better band. So, yeah, pretty fortunate that way. How did all those guys get into your sphere? Um, kind of a different myriad of of ways. Uh, I first met Keith in university, which was really cool. So we played in the in the symphonic band together. I played saxophone, he played trumpet, and I was like, hey man, you want to play some rock music? <laughs> and it kind of like launched from there, and he, he was one of the first members to be in the band, and that was, I was like, man. I think we had a Facebook memory come up, it was like eight years ago, or something, so probably eight or nine years ago um, when I met him. And then, you know, Jesse I like met on the streets randomly, just like he was doing his thing, just being Jesse. Uh, and again, was kind of like, Hey, do you want to jam? Like you play bass. That's so sweet. Um, and just, yeah, being like being out and, and, and meeting people. And then Keith introduced me to like Rob and Jason who were, were brothers who were also in like this other, like amazing fusion band. And I was like, Whoa, those guys are unreal. So then we started jamming. Uh, and then recently we brought on, uh, Dylan, Dylan Pace, who's, uh, a really cool trombone player. So, yeah, that's that's the gang. <laughs> when did you... Do you have a moment when you remember getting into music, when you're like, this is a thing that's, that's a deal in my life? Was it around in the house? What did that look like? Oh, yeah. Um, I do remember my mom and dad playing piano songs sometimes. They would just, like, sit down at the piano and, and tinker away at songs, but never, like you know, not, not a huge music family. Um, and you know, I have to say like, I'm not even lying. Like my brother who's like three years younger than me, his two favorite bands are Nickelback and One Direction. He's, and he's like, not, no, not joking about it. He really just enjoys that music and he thinks it's like well-made, well-produced. And I'm like, yeah, you're not wrong. Like, you know, there, that's why millions of people listen to it. Cause, um, but yeah, that's like, that's what he's into. Um, family is really into like country music, which is totally fine. Uh, mostly like pop country, not, you know, not like, not, not like Daniel Romano country or, yeah. or uh, you know, uh, actually my one brother really likes like Hank Williams and like, uh, all the Wilf Carter and like all those old guys, which is kind of cool. Um, but I kind of, I kind of found it like a bit later in life, like probably like high school when I was stopping playing hockey for like a decade and I was like, yeah, that's sports aren't really, I don't really enjoy that anymore. Uh, 
but music's pretty cool. And I started like playing in talent shows and writing songs. And, um, and then I really got into it in university when I met Keith and some other bandmates. Actually, just to go back a bit, I met Dylan in university as well, too. Um, but we didn't really form a band till a bit later. But yeah, he, he played trombone in the UFC band, too. So, uh, And then I really got the band name going and, and started like playing shows. And then we made a CD. And I, that was actually the quintessential moment, I thought. It was like when we made our first EP, I was like, wow, we're an actual band. This is, this is a real thing. Like we can promote ourselves. We can sell this to people. Like, so that was a really, really cool moment for me. Um, and then, yeah, just the journey from that to like, uh, I'll just mention like last summer was probably the highlight of our band's career was playing the Folk Fest and um, just getting to be on a stage with like world-class musicians. So, you know, that, that journey from like writing songs in university, playing open mics to playing Folk Fest, like a like a 10 year journey, like eight, eight year journey. Like that's, it was a lot, but you know, so well worth it. That was like, that was like my dream come true to play that festival. And so now there's like, there's more short term goals and, and other dreams, of course, but um, they've also shifted with these, with these new times. But yeah, it's just been a, it's fun to look back on too, you know, so. Do you have optimism that we'll be back having festivals again? <laughs> oh man, you know, you know what I was doing the other night? I was actually sitting in my bed planning a music festival. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is like what I love to do. I like I've been a part of a lot of different events and festivals over the year, um, and I've not like, oh, I can I can run it better. I was just like, oh, maybe there's like a need for it in this new time like a group to be able to run a festival um with the covid precautions and 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 make it so it can actually happen and everyone feel safe and and i was thinking i was like okay so what are some really important things and just going through a list and kind of planning it out and uh yeah so i don't know we'll see how it goes next summer uh, i think if there's going to be festivals they'll probably be small and they'll probably have to have a lot of things in place. Uh, but I think it could be possible. And yeah, if it is possible, I might even try running one. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I know it's it's hard because I'm like, oh, yeah, I just I can't wait until like Ottawa Blues Fest this year. Just yeah. they deferred it to next year. Right. And I was going to see like Rage Against the Machine and the National and stuff. And Oh, man. And uh, so I'm like, yeah, that's got to happen. And then there's people who are like, no, no, never again. It's gonna be, the world's going to be different forever now. And I'm like, right. But my yeah. best memories growing up are, you know, like seeing seeing John Butler and Salmon Arm and like, mm. it, and, and the idea that not only that I won't get to do that again, but that like, it would make me so sad if there's not like another me that gets to, you know, have those experiences Right. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this is if it has changed forever, like, you know, uh, kids that are like 10 and younger will never get to mosh like or never get to like crowd surf again or, like, you know, like what like what change what changes in like the live music scene like th th those kind of moments are like unforgettable. Right. So or they were for me and I know a lot of other people if you for you too right so just being crammed in as close as you can like you can't even move and you're just like looking at the artist performing you're like ah oh, this is amazing like 
yeah, th- like cherish those moments for sure. Um, you know, eventually if there's a vaccine and there's, oops, my alarm's going off to like meet you. That's funny. <laughs> it's like meet Breton in 10 minutes. <laughs> we had an early meeting. That's great. Um, but yeah, if there's like a vaccine or something or, or there's some way to, to track it and make sure people are safe, then, then yeah, like we could, there could maybe be, but are, are people even going to feel comfortable enough to, to go and be at that and, and be crammed in or, or even be semi close to people? And what if someone coughs and, you know, like, it's just, it's a little, it's so crazy to think of, but, um, I, I do want to stay hopeful and positive and, uh, if there is a way to make it, uh, possible, you know, if there's a way to put on a festival and have live music, like I, I would love to be a part of that and I'd love to help try and make that happen in, in the city. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but you know, I, I'm like a dreamer. I'm sure you are too. So I like, like doodling and dreaming about things in bed sometimes (laughs) daydreaming. (laughs) I was even thinking of, even if it is different in a lasting capacity like I was, I was on a walk today and I was thinking about what if we lose some of these bars like what what if we lost Koi that would be terrible but yeah right yeah. I also thought about too there just because I got used to the old way it doesn't mean that the old way was it like having to email bars and like basically get past like you basically have to get in with people because I remember like you were one of the first people I met that was a musician who actually wanted to talk to me and wasn't like, who are you? And that's not to, I don't want to unfairly paint musicians because most of them are nice people. Um, but some definitely aren't, (laughs) maybe it can be like, maybe what ends up happening is that we do like mostly like backyard shows and maybe that's an opportunity for like the singer songwriter types. Cause I know that yeah. right now in Calgary, isn't an infrastructure infrastructure that's really there. Like, so maybe there are opportunities and creative things we can find. Like maybe you're yeah. not trying to plan this frustrating tour where you have to email a bar in every town and call them and hope they answer you. Like totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're right. Like maybe this change actually in a way, after a while, maybe it not, might not happen right away, but after a while when some systems are in place, it'll be better, you know? Like, um, I know, and, and I'm sure you know Side Door, uh, they, they had, like, they had artists booked, like, all across the states, like, going down to play South by Southwest and, like, all these house shows along the way, and they were really doing, like, a cool thing. So um, I, I hope that they can, like, get creative and, and still do something like that and, and maybe just shift in a way that, that works. But, but yeah. And, and like you said, like smaller shows, backyard shows, like those are, those are great. Maybe not the best way to like make a living off of it, but definitely it's still a way to like put out your art and, and, and enjoy art and, and, and share music. And yeah. So yeah, I'm glad you're, it seems like you're hopeful too. <laughs> Well, I was even, I don't know if you're in the DIY touring group, but it's, it's now become pretending you're DIY touring Canada. And it's just (laughs) this massive meme. It's my favorite thing on the internet, but kind of joking around with musicians. Point A has been really cathartic. Like a lot of that, a lot of the reason you want to be out is just to be around your compatriots. And, uh, yeah. 
And so that angle has been really cool, but it's also kind of pointed out like how shitty touring really is like DIY touring. And, and I had tour booked for the summer. Like I was ready to Dallas green talks about when he was writing his first acoustic songs. He was like, yeah, they're great. Come. And no one did. Right. And it wasn't till he talks about how you have to work really hard, no matter what your product is. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to sleep on the floors. It's going to be great. And people are going to hear my music and they'll like yeah. find my listeners. And, and obviously we're in the situation we're in now, but I was like, you know, that whole process, like all the time I put into that yeah, kind of, it's pretty limited return. It kind of sucks. And I was like, I don't know. My grandpa's got a cool old Chevy. What if I just steal that and like drive around in the mountains and play in the bed of this cool old truck? <laughs> But honestly, though, like... Right, yeah, set up a speaker, like, just play out of the back of the truck. Yeah, just go cool. busk in mountain towns. It's like, it, it, there's no money to be made here anyway. Right. So, so if anything, I think maybe we have an opportunity to do things more on our own terms. And, and to hark back to 28, that's what I really appreciate and was inspired by, by that project, was just, like, it... Um, self-indulgent isn't the right word, but, but I appreciate that you just did something you wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was just like, I have all these songs that I just want to release. I just want to put it out there. I, and there was even some takes I listened back to. I was like, Oh, that was crap, but it's, you know, it's good enough for the album. It's going on. So yeah. Uh, and and Dan Mangan sings about that too, actually, just to mention him again. He's like, the songs I sing are all about myself. <laughs> yeah. Is that on uh, Silly Git? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the line in that song. She gives me quarters for the phone, and every time I feel alone, I go broke. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, And, and so it's, it's so neat uh, to think that way and then also be, like, aware of it and be like, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm writing songs about myself and my life and putting them out there and expecting people to like listen to them and enjoy them. Like, okay. Uh, but, but it's a neat thing. It really is. And it's, it's awesome when you get feedback and when you hear from people like, like you or, or like my, even my, like my brother or, or whoever. And, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's a great feeling. And then it, it inspires you to want to do more, not, and not for the money. Right. It's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm working, uh, I'm working, like not a full-time job, but like a almost full-time job and trying to do music on the side and, and whatnot. Right. But, um, you gotta, you gotta support your, your passions too. Right. Like, you know, if you're like a card collector, you would spend like thousands on like cool cards or something, but, uh, I'm a musician. So I'm like, I'm investing in, in the band and into like photographers we hire into artists who we collaborate for covers or or whatever right and sometimes it can get really expensive and and you talked about that return like you don't always see that return you don't always like feel that immediate return um but then like having a podcast like this with you you're just like oh wow someone someone cares or or you know like people buy your music and you're like wow someone cares about this so i'll keep going and and why why stop right just keep releasing stuff that I like that I enjoy that hopefully has like a, a good message. And, um, 
yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of what I like about music. I also like I really enjoy teaching music too. I like just like educating and like uh, asking people about their musical background and being like, oh yeah, I I encourage you to keep practicing. Yeah, when's the last time you wrote a song, right? Like, so that's to hear that you were inspired to start writing more. That's exactly that's the goal for me. Is like to just get people to be musical, right? Uh, so that that was neat. That's really neat to hear. I putting out this record. I, I I'm really nerdy, and I've dug down into a lot of my favorite songwriters. Kind of have their defining record at 22 or 23. Oh, really? And like Dan Mangan, Postcards and Daydreaming, Death Cab for Cutie. We have the facts. We're voting yes. Uh, mm. Think maybe he was like 24, but Towns Van Zant self-titled. Um, oh. There's all these pivotal albums, and so I had all these expectations and hopes and I like, I was like, I want to make a record in forever. I've wanted to make a record that I felt like was as good for me personally as Dallas Green's second record is. Mm. Um, the one with the head, I always forget the bring me your love, bring me your love. Yeah. And I came out with this product and I was like, oh, I feel like I did it. And then I had the kind of the crushing, like, yeah, no one's going to listen to this on the internet though. Like just, it's not going to happen. But what I've found in terms of, I feel like you have to set, you either have to have no expectations and be thankful for what then surpasses no expectations or set really kind of personal goals. You can't be like, yeah, if, if less than 500 monthly listeners on this, it's a failure. I found that right. yeah, I yeah. had become so like, yeah, whatever though. And then just put it out. And then it wasn't that, that it was a claim or that it found new listeners. But what was really meaningful is I had like several friends tell me that they took the time to listen to the whole thing yeah, and tell me right. something they appreciated about it. And I was like, okay, well you can't hate on that. That's about, that's just about as good of a, of a validation as you can have. Totally. Totally. I, I completely agree with you. And, and one thing I'll say about, about your release, which I think is really nice is, uh, every song is well thought out, right? Like, I don't think there's any songs on there that you were just like, yeah, okay. I'll just, I'll just throw it. Like each one was like meant to be on there. Right. And then you also, on top of having like nice recordings, well thought out songs, you have like a great album cover, right? It's just like this nice, I'm looking at it right now. It's like this nice black and white image of you like this just it's like this power pose looking up like it's and so something that I really like about releasing music is is having something that's timeless right trying to release something that will like will stand the test of time like you know like like some like movie like music in the 70s right it's like still incredible today uh and and you look at some of the artwork you're like oh it's it's perfect like I love it and people are like trying to go back to that right so if you can release something like i think you've done here this this classy like dark black uh really emotional piece and and it, and it like the piece looks well like the songs fit well i think just having a timeless piece like that like under your name or or your band's name or whatever that that is such a cool and and special thing to to have and it, and it will it will it will last forever like i'm, I'm sure that that album will and, you know, 
maybe not the album before, maybe it will too. Like, you know, how Dan Mangan, like, you go back and you listen to all his albums and you're like, holy crap, this guy's been amazing for decades. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's not just like he released this one cool, awesome rock album. He, he's been, like, growing and writing for years. So I, I think that is such a cool thing to see actually, like, in an artist too. So, yeah, like, I, there's songs on our first EP and I'm like, oh, I, I will never play this song again. And then I found myself like using it to like teach kids and like and like I was like okay like I see there's different things within this song that are that are meaningful and good and even though maybe I don't like playing them at a bar to like adults it can work in like a different light or or uh, these songs still mean something to someone else so yeah I, 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 so just to wrap it up cool record man. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. That that means a lot coming from you. It's like uh, it's not that it means any less coming from anyone, but but certainly <laughs> when you know where someone's coming from and that they have a sim- similar reverence that you do. Um, totally, yeah, I, I totally get means where you're a lot. From. And I'm and I recognize it. I'm like, yo, this is a good this is a good piece of art, you know. So yeah, and and you got to be proud of that too. It's like I'm 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 proud of the stuff our bands released. And, and it's 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 sweet so that's why you you keep doing it and hopefully and compliments are nice of course right well it's just it's really i find it, it can seem like egotistical at times to that hang up on like oh people got to listen to this but it's more of the validation that that you at least for me and i'll ask you i guess if you feel the same of pouring emotion into something and then you're like, this has to transact with someone like, like kind of, I feel like the reason you want to write about something is to get it out, but hopefully to share a connection of relating to someone. Yeah. And so that's where, when oh, I always joke with people, it's like, if there's someone in Uganda, who's my biggest fan, can they hurry up and tell me? And it's, <laughs> it's not like, so that I can look in the mirror and be like, yeah, you're hot. It's like. I, I just know that I listened to say, bring me your love by Dallas green or to like my first year of university postcards and daydreaming by Dan Mangan, yeah. like journal of a narcoleptic. I just like, I didn't know where I was. I was in another city and I was like, university is weird. And like, I'm sleeping while I'm still on my feet. I there's lines I can recite and I know how much that means to me. And it almost right. feels like yeah. this giving back to try to, like, is there something I can say that will hit someone who feels unheard or feels unseen and will help them feel justified and valuable? Oh, yeah. And I think it's neat how music even finds people like that. Like, like how did someone... Like, uh, we... It's a side tangent. We we just looked at that dumb Spotify update thing today, and it was like, y- you have most fans this year in Dutch. Or... or, or <laughs> Oh, wait, in Denmark, Den- Denmark, yeah, Dutch, Dutchland. Um, yeah, Denmark, and I was like, "What? Like, or the how? Netherlands? Like, I how might is be, that? Yeah, we've never. I don't know anyone there. Like, so even if that's only like two people, because it probably is. Uh, it's just you know that's that's neat that someone in the other side of the world in Deutschland can." Uh, uh, hear our music or whatever, and and it's just neat how the music can find people like that, right? So, yeah, Spotify is a neat thing for that. 
Um, but music finds its way onto random things like that. 28 album was I found out it was like on someone's random blog and they have like six followers and I and and they weren't from Canada I don't I don't remember they're from but it was so neat and then someone else found me from that blog and I was like okay you know this is small but these little connections are are so cool and uh when people actually take the time to be like okay I'm gonna listen to this and then they appreciate it right there's a few there's a few layers they have to go through they can't just see your your advertisement on Instagram. They also have to like click on it and then they have to like turn up their speakers and they have to like listen to it. Then they have to actually like pay attention to it. There's, so there's so many different layers uh, to it that when it does find someone and someone's like, wow, this is so, I appreciate this. Like, whoa, that's cool. So that's, that's a rare moment that you gotta, you gotta hold on to. I remember talking to Noah who's been on the podcast about as he doesn't even have his music on Spotify at all. Um, which is crazy to me because he has like a devout following actually, but uh, is this, if I look strong, you look strong. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sitting in his yard talking to him and I was like, I only have five monthly listeners this month. And he looks at me like I'm from space and he's like, are you discounting five people? (laughs) But I thought about that for a moment. I'm like, yeah, those are five people. You know, it's like, it might not be, Spotify has this function where you can like compare yourself. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's not good. Oh my God. It's not good. You can like type in any band. It's kind of fun though, to like see how many daily streams some of your favorite people have. Right. Like in ways you can be like, oh, Chad Van Galen gets like 600 daily streams. That's actually only 30 times as much as me, (laughs) you know, but, but, uh, oh man, but it is true. It's like easy in those numbers to forget. It's like, you don't know if one of those five people was like having a hard day and something you said in your song helped them that day. Like you have no idea. So that, that really resonated with me. Just him looking at me like I was the biggest asshole and being like, what's, are you discounting five people? And it's like, yeah, that's true. That's still, that's five people. It is. Yeah. No. And I, I appreciate him saying that too. And it's the same thing when you play a show and there's, there's one person there or two people there, you're like, I'm still going to give it like these two people came out. I'm here to play my music. Like I'm still going to, going to give it. Uh, and, and that's, that's something I definitely have missed. You know, like our, our band has played 60 plus shows every year for the last three, four years. And that that's like a, it's a whole different, types of shows you know from weddings to to bars and everything in between but um you know that energy when you're on stage when you're like interacting with people like just just not having that is just it it feels crazy it feels so weird Uh, i mean it's it's nice to have a break and not like lug gear everywhere but that that's like why we did it right we we didn't do it for the for like the 100 bucks we'd make if if that or the you know, we, we did it for like the 15, 20 people there and we did it for ourselves. Right. So I definitely miss uh, playing live and, and live streaming is like not the same at all. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, going online, it might be, might be more of a, a reality in, in our future. Right. Uh, what this really cool band, Probably, probably a band I'm more inspired by right now than I than others, which is crazy. Is, is a band called Idols. Uh, do, do you know who they are? Yeah. 
yeah, of course. They're like mega rock band from UK. And um, yeah, just super inspired by them. And they did this like Abbey Road live stream show that you had to pay for. And, and I was just like, you know what? It Like, I'm sure people really enjoyed that. And I watched clips of it and they were going like so hard. And it was like, that's cool. Definitely not the same as like seeing them and 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 like literally carrying the guitarist as he's crowd surfing on you but um there's we could be going in that direction and 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 then yeah like 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 you said how you're focused on on the numbers sometimes like that is that's where everyone is they're looking at your spotify views they're looking at your instagram follows like all that kind of stuff and it can it can weigh on you but you just got to be like as long as i'm putting out great art as best art as I can put out right that timeless art as long as I'm doing that to the best of my ability that number should grow like just naturally because if I'm putting out my best art people will appreciate it someone will right and if not your friend group like you know that can grow to a certain number but you you can grow it further and further and further it's it does take a bit of effort and and we haven't figured out all the secrets but um yeah, maybe we should do like a some sort of paid live stream show. That'll that'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it. I was talking to uh, to Kale about that. Um, oh yeah. But I am trying to think of something to do to at least even be able to collaborate with other musicians a little bit um, in that yeah. vein. I wonder, and I'll ask your take on it about how do you feel that finding fans will happen or at least right now happens in a world without shows? Like for me personally, I find it doesn't matter what I do on the internet. Like I, I had the publicist that works for the Arkells work on one of my singles and I was like ready for like, just, I felt so confident in that song. And I was like, just waiting for Netflix to like call me to license Uh, it. And it, got some write-ups on blogs and whatever, but it didn't translate to, it got fewer streams than the single I put out by myself before. <laughs> and oh, man. I find, and this isn't a big me complaining session. What this is leading to for me is that I find that the way I will make new fans and gain new followers and listeners is like at a rock and for dollars or putting yourself totally. in places where you have an audience that might hear something just mm-hmm. by virtue of being in the room, I find it's a lot harder to get those clicks on the internet. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, you're, you're speaking my language, man. Our band it was a live band. That was us. That's how we connected with people. That's how we wowed people, right? It was like our live show. Uh, it was the live musicians we had. It was our energy on stage. Like, it's, it's literally impossible to translate that to audio just because w- without that visual, right? So... Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough challenge for sure. It, I, I was, I was actually, you know, when it all hit just to, just to back up, I was like, okay, I'm actually okay with taking a break. We had just released a single and it was like, it t- had taken a year and there was like lots going on. So I was like, okay, I'm okay to take a little break. Like we've been playing a ton. Um, but like, I don't want it to die off. Right. You want to keep, keep the fire burning. So um, we've we've had some band meetings like when it was safe, and we were like, yeah, what can we do? What like what can we do here? Uh, 
And you know, it's it's kind of all like the answers you know. It's just it's just doing them like a bit more and and maybe in a different light. So, you know, rather than playing a live show every Saturday or or Friday night, like we're gonna rehearse as a band and write new music, right? So that's already a trade-off that's like beneficial to our band's overall music and not just like making five or ten fans at a show. So hopefully going in that direction more will unlock some other things, right? So if you if you shift your focus like that a little bit, and, and another thing we're doing is like, okay, we're releasing music online. How can we like supplement that music as best as possible? Okay, well, new photos, have a cool video that goes along with it, promote it for like a month or two. You know, we've never done something like that, but why not? We have all the time in the world. Let's just, let's pump it up for a month or two, you know, <laughs> like who cares? Um, and, and try and build as much hype as we can around it and send it to as many people and, and, you know, spend that time that we would have been doing playing shows or rehearsing for shows, uh, on like the online portion. So I kind of back to what we were saying, I don't know how long ago, this is, this has been a nice chat. Um, but like having this shift in our entire life, like COVID, maybe it, maybe it does bring some good things. Maybe, maybe the shift uh, to like more of an online presence helps us get noticed in other countries or even provinces or wherever. And uh, maybe, maybe it'll help us become like a better managed band overall. We're like, Oh yeah, we all have these new defined roles that we all do well. And so it's just starting, right? This is just the beginning. We've just had to take a few months to like process everything going on. So um, maybe at this point, like people are starting to like get back into the groove a little bit. And, um, we talked about like how these huge things in life, like these massive things that impact our lives, like they take a while to settle in. And, and when they, when they normalize, which, which they always do, you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the road, it, this will normalize and, uh, we'll all adjust and it will be like, like you said, like, We'll, we'll all have different ways of doing things, but possibly potentially better ways of doing things. So hopefully music goes in that direction too. I would, I would hate for like EDM music to take over the world and, and nobody listens to anything except for EDM music. Cause they just want to dance or, you know, I love EDM music, but we gotta, we gotta be diverse in our music too. So hopefully, you know, like, like I don't even know what genre I would call your band or, or my band, but, just like rock music overall, like hopefully we can translate it, uh, like how we had it live, that that amazing live feel. Hopefully that can be translated uh, online or in some other way in the future. Well, I think we can. And I wonder too, in terms of the. So I think about the fact that we both live in Calgary, which is you know, a big enough city, but not a mega city and it's far away from other big cities. So I'm sure you had plenty of bands growing up that did the Montreal, Toronto Canadian tour. Um, uh, they they yeah. tour the whole way across the country by only dipping up through the border twice. Um, <laughs> so there are a lot of these situations like even before this, I watch a lot of KEXP sets like live at Sydney Opera House are great. Um, yeah. There are these well-recorded ways to see bands like Kurt Vile and the National, bands that don't come here anyway. Um, and then I think too about, unfortunately, it seems like most of us have the story of the 
friend in a band who, you know, either had a, a brush or a near miss or was lost to the dangers of the travel involved in touring. Um, oh yeah, for sure. So if or anything too, it's like, something, yeah. you know, rather than having people drive huge distances tired and, and sleeping in crappy places and, and hurting themselves, uh, from a standpoint, you like, it's, it's hard to keep up from a health standpoint in that type of lifestyle. Yeah. Um, Maybe this does mark out a way to kind of mitigate some of those challenges and and spread music more thoroughly throughout the world rather than like you got to live in a big city to to see good bands. You got to move to Toronto. (laughs) Right. To either make it or to see the bands, right? Like, yeah, like that's that's the mentality. And it's it's tough because it's semi true. But uh you know, like I, I've, I've taken like a, a mini oath to myself. I'm like, yeah, I want to stay in Calgary. I want to build this scene as best I can. I want to support this scene. I think it's really awesome. So that's just like a personal thing I've, I wanted to do. And, you know, like, I don't, I don't really, I mean, you know, you can never say anything's certain, right? Cause who, who knows what could happen in the future, but like, I'm, I'm a teacher here. Like I love, teaching in Alberta and Calgary specifically and um like my family is here my music's here so this is like this is definitely my my home turf and would love to continue building this and and yeah like online or or like I said like maybe maybe I do maybe I'm a part of like putting on COVID friendly festivals that that would be amazing I'd be so stoked for that uh so yeah we'll, we'll see what happens in the future but but yeah, what? Yeah, just back to the touring comment, man. Like, even our even our own band, like two two years ago, uh, wow, two years ago now, uh, we were. I, I had always one thing. One thing I had always noticed is bands always got robbed. Like their, their vans would get smashed in, their gear would get stolen. It's like, holy, we gotta really avoid that. We can't drive like a a white Sprinter van around a random city. People are gonna know. So. I uh, I got this old RV to drive around. I was like, sweet, we're gonna be so safe in here. We can sleep with the gear. Uh, you know, it's just like a cozy, cool-looking RV. And on our way to Edmonton, literally like first show on the tour, our our tire back two tires blow out, and we have this like huge, huge ordeal. Uh, luckily, everyone's safe. But yeah, like if that was winter, who knows? And and that's happened to tons of bands. So. You're right. We gotta we gotta focus on the positives, and I think the best thing that that you're doing right now is you're creating art, and it's it's hard sometimes, especially in this time to create art. But you're doing it, and and I'm trying to be creative over here, trying to plan some stuff. So I think that's awesome. I think that's like really important, and hopefully, if people listen to this whole conversation, like right to the end, right to this point, hopefully that person is also inspired too to create art and do something creative too because that's that's the best that's what that's the greatest thing in life right there well i find it's one of the big deals for music with me and the the reason that this podcast is called weird in high school is like (laughs) my grad class was like 95 kids and me and my two best friends were the like only weird kids who listened to weird music and (laughs) it it was 
in my mind, I was like, oh, this is the world. And then I found that in, which I said to Kate uh, on the Fox Opera episode, getting into the music scene is like unlocking this underground version of the city. Like you have all these kind of bars that feel like home where you know the people that run them and work at them. And you can kind of like, now I don't go downtown without seeing a friend. Right. Like there's Keith on the sidewalk like, <laughs> kind yep. of situation, which is awesome. And I find that uh, Joe Pug's podcast, The Working Songwriter, which if you haven't listened to that, I strongly recommend it. Um, oh, thanks. Just being able to listen to some people sit down and talk about like, if people talk about guitar pedals for 15 minutes, it makes me feel better inside my skin that day, right? Like just mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, they use the... They made a joke that only I and five other people understand. <laughs> so hopefully if anything in doing these kinds of chats and, and having them available, it's like, even if it's just people who are, you know, missing gabbing after gigs that, right. that there's some kind of connection catharsis there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hopefully someone is also feeling like they're included in this conversation too, <laughs> even though they're, they're not able to talk, but um, yeah, man, just to, just to top you one, I, I, I came from a grad class of 26 kids. So yeah, it's very, very tiny class of, of very weird people, very, very <laughs> weird people. And, and like, I was maybe quite different at that time as a lot of us are in high school, but uh, I definitely felt like an outsider, even in that small group. I was like, Hmm, these are, these are not my people, you know, and, and I, I still have a few friends from high school, uh, two, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the rest, are, it's kind of just like, mm. and, and you find your people along the way, right? So in university, I found Keith, my dude, uh, and, and he's been one of my best friends for a long time. And, and then you meet your, your bandmates and then you meet cool people at shows, other musicians, and, uh, you start to find this like cool scene and 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 really like-minded people to be around so that that was really nice it took took a bit longer maybe for me uh, i i like didn't live in calgary my whole life i lived in Chestermere for a long time so um coming to calgary was was really cool met a lot of awesome people and have been like building up uh the band for that amount of time but also like making like just a ton of good friends like one of my best friends I met at one of my shows my friend my pal Dave he just like came into the coffee shop and he was like dude that that was some rad songs man and I was like oh sweet we should we should hang <laughs> so that, that's kind of nice how music does that too right kind of I've met some of my best friends from music so pretty special yeah it uh it really is which is about the best thing I can come up to come up with to say about that. But, but no, I totally dig that. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, I've really been looking forward to talking to you on here. Is there anything you want to plug or anywhere you want to send people, anything you're working on to wrap up? Oh man. Um, yeah, no, I've really enjoyed our chat too. I think it's, uh, awesome. You're doing a podcast and and trying to make that happen. That's, it is nice. It's nice to chat. I've been isolated in my basement for a little while, so <laughs> it's it's great. Um, yeah, we're we just we just made like a YouTube channel, so I don't know. That's kind of the thing I've 
just started working on and I'm like, oh, we could maybe use more than seven followers on our YouTube page. But I kind of put it off for a long time. I was like, we don't need a YouTube channel. Other video videographers will post our videos. But, you know, eventually I guess it's good to have one. And we have a, we do have a few videos up there. So um, our Instagram is I am the mountain music. That's always fun to check out. And uh, hopefully you'll be hearing a new song from us in in the new year. Yeah. Sweet. And where can I head to buy I Am The Mountains music? Ah, don't buy it. Don't do Whatever. it. <laughs> you, I know you bought it. Jeez, Breton, you shouldn't have done that, man. But I do don't, appreciate don't it. Don't support local art. That's don't the takeaway. Don't support local art. Yeah, that's the new message. No, s- save your money. Um, you can stream it on Spotify. Uh, if you do want to support it, Bandcamp is like the best place to buy it. So that's IamTheMountain.Bandcamp.com. They just have slightly better royalties than iTunes and Spotify and stuff. So you can um, also stream in lossless quality. That's that's the big thing that sends me to Bandcamp. Yeah, and you know what? I I posted I post the lyrics for all our songs on Bandcamp because it allows for lyrics to be right there too. So if you're a, a lyric person, like yeah, it's it's really rad. And it, honestly, for that 28 album, like it took a while to post all those lyrics. And I've gone through and I'm like, oh, there's a wrong word. Whatever. I'm not not changing it now like it's but every song has has lyrics for it so yeah that's kind of cool so Bandcamp's Bandcamp's a great organization and yeah I I hope they they get going too man they that's that's tough when when the when the businesses are doing it right they don't make money (laughs) they don't they don't make as much as the business who are who are cutthroat so that's the unfortunate world we we exist in right now but we're fortunate that we get to make art about it. <laughs> well, and I, you know, in a way, and this has come up on a few episodes and does on the working songwriter a lot, but Gillian Welch, everything is free. Somehow she wrote the perfect song for today, 15 years ago. Oh, nice. Or even, yeah, I don't know. I think that song's like early two thousands. So that was wow. like Napster then, but little did she know she's fully predicting the future. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's always wonderful to catch up with Colton. He is a tremendous artist, and his group, Gaggle, his flock at I Am The Mountain are also fantastic musicians, and it's just nice to to kind of share some of these gushy, bro-down moments. Please check out I Am The Mountain on YouTube, check out I Am The Mountain on Instagram, and check out I Am The Mountain on Bandcamp. I strongly recommend laying down whatever cash you want to lay down for uh, 28, 28, 28. It's, it's 28 songs. You can't go wrong. Spend five bucks, get 28 high-fidelity songs. Uh, Colton severely downplays the quality of them. They sound good. Uh, it's a really good record. Go listen to it. Listen to my stuff, um, please. Maybe? Consider it? Anyway, with all that done, gone, behind us, I will have another chat with the wonderful Von Beaker next week for you. Thanks so much. See you next time. <laughs>